The Doctor was supposed to take the crew to Mars. Instead, they end up on the moon, where a virus has spread amongst the scientists of the base, and it's not long before the Cybermen return, wanting revenge and threatening the Earth. Can the Doctor once again stop this metal menace? This is the moon base. Welcome to Regenerated. Generated. I am Matt and I am joined by Becky. Hello. And this week we have uh, the Moon Base. So, again, as always, no Doctor Who news this week. I haven't heard anything. Have you, Becky? Nope. Not Just nothing really in the news this week. No, not really. So, um, like I say, we've got the, the Moon Base and quickly off the bat, I'll say uh, the good Moon Base. I really like this one. So this one was four episodes, uh, two and four in the archives. One and three were animated on DVD. This one came out on the 11th of February 67 to the 4th of March 67. This one was written by a Kit Peddler who did the 10th Planet. So there's a little bit of a giveaway here of what uh, this one's going to have in it. And the director was Morris Black and this was his first Doctor Who story. Now, first of all, before we go on, I'll look to go through the topics as always Becky to sort of whet your appetite to what we're going to discuss through the course of the episodes and at the end I've got a few this time they're just they're not really questions this week they're more of like just uh, sort of headings of the topics I have uh, do you think uh, the animation is better in this one uh, the look of the Cybermen has changed and so we'll discuss that the theme of the stories, I find, is changing as well. So I want to discuss that. And also, I'll go through a little bit of the science of Doctor Who as well. So, episode one, if you can remember from the last episode, they were basically questioning the Doctor and his uh, controlling of the TARDIS. And he said, I'll sh- look, I'll show you. I've had enough of this. So he said, let's go to Mars. And so he set the controls for Mars. And it sort of just sort of went out of control. So we pick it up straight away from then, and they, the Doctor basically gets it back under control. He lands it. They look out of the scanner. Polly thinks that actually they've Just got... Just a bit of a thought, though. What's that? So every time they land somewhere, it always seems to be trouble. Why don't maybe they land somewhere for once and actually just have, you know, a nice day out? Well, there, if I remember right, there is an episode... With uh, jumping ahead a little bit, I don't really want to jump too far ahead, but with Tom Baker, if I remember right, he does actually go um, to the beach with one of his companions for a nice day out. So they do actually do this but in the is future. is there any trouble in the episode? Well, there is afterwards, but not when they're at the beach. So some journeys are better than others, aren't they? But we have discussed yeah, this. Yeah, but you see, I, I, I 
high, it's sort of near enough impossible in Nero. We have discussed this before about the TARDIS. The TARDIS sort of, as we find out later on, it has its sort of own mind. It sort of takes the Doctor wherever he's needed. Um, so there's always going to be trouble, isn't there? Because the TARDIS feels that he needs to go there to sort of help and, you know, overthrow the the, the villain or, you know, whatever the uh, sort of dilemma is. So, yeah. you know, they don't really say that at the minute. We kind of just have this sort of story of the Doctor can't control the TARDIS, so he doesn't really know where he's going, you know. So Polly thinks actually they've landed on Mars. They look at the scanner, only for Ben to say, that doesn't look like Mars, that looks like the moon. Now, the moon, uh, this was 67, so this is pre-moon landing. So the uh, makers of the program who did the sets and all that, they didn't actually have an idea of what the moon looked like. But to be fair, it's quite convincing to what we know from like future photos and um, footage from the moon and that it's actually quite it's quite close it's mm. obviously it's a it's a budgeted set design yeah. but it's got craters and honest, dust and that we sort of thing easily have like a moon base like that up there in 50 years you don't know wow yes but seeing as i was set in 2070 mm. you well, know that's in, a bit of a you know it's a bit of a giveaway but we'll, we'll go there to yeah but it is quite possible there is a possibility yes Come with on, what's happening the future, in the world said, you know that by you know by the time it got to 2015 we'd have hoverboards still waiting mm, yeah and what with um what spacex and nasa are doing trek, and that it is a possibility for the future trek and their invention you know people inventing mobile phones and stuff based on star trek and things like that where's the teleport yeah, there there is a possibility. You know, SpaceX, NASA doing advanced things. They want to put a base on the moon, that sort of thing. So there is a possibility. This story it seems like he get get to Mars. This sort of moment. base in the story could be could be. What is the like massive fascination with Mars though? Because obviously the Doctor wanted to go to Mars. Elon Musk seems to want to go to Mars. Does he seem to think it's made out of chocolate or something? I just think it's a fascination, and I also think it's just like. It's just a goal. They've set this goal that they want to go to the, the second closest planet to ours, which is Mars. You know? Well, so it's not really the second closest. Well, it is. The moon's the closest, and Mars is the second closest after it. Well, yeah, but the moon isn't a planet. Technically so speaking. Technically, it's not, because it orbits the Earth, and Jupiter has several moons. So yeah, but it's a little bit further away, Jupiter. No, but what I'm saying is that's not a planet. Moons aren't really considered as planets. It's just Mars is the next. It's just human. It's away, a human goal. Away from Mars that they thought could possibly have previously sustained life. And it's just the next goal in space travel. It's oh yeah, we're going to colonize yeah. all the planets in the solar uh, system. Anyway, the doctor. <laughs> the doctor. We'll the doctor take over the universe. The doctor sort of decides that he wants to just get get out of here he doesn't really want to explore this time a bit different from the doctor there because normally he does want to explore so this time he wants to sort of leave it's the companions yeah, that say that actually we want to explore well, does that mean he knows something's afoot maybe maybe not who knows maybe just thinks i've landed on the moon there's nothing really here let's go let's go on to yeah, the next thing maybe. or maybe maybe he's a little bit embarrassed about the fact that he hasn't actually gone to where he when says he wants to he 
so, massive I told you so. Yep, like so he wants to I'm move on. When you're always proven that I'm right and you get moody. Hmm. Yes. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll quickly move on. The doctor yeah, says, he always, yeah, you always do that when you know I'm right. Yeah, okay. So the doctor then sort of agrees with the companions and says, well, we can't go out there. We need spacesuits. So they get changed what, from the uh, the chest again that we saw in <laughs> the, the Power chest. of the Daleks. <laughs> the chest is ridiculous because the chest doesn't actually have really anything in it in the beginning. And now it seems to just magically appear whenever they want something. It's a bit of, of a different, that's a bit of a different twist because if you think about the TARDIS in previous episodes had a sort of wardrobe room. So why aren't the spacesuits in the wardrobe room? Why are they in the chest? Yeah, but not only that. When he first went in there after that bit of metal, when in the Dalek episode, yeah, you know, and the recorder and everything, he there was no spacesuits in there. So all of a sudden they magically well, appeared. I don't think we're meant to think about that. I'm thinking that the chest is a budget restraint. They don't want to produce another set, which is the wardrobe room. So they just go to the chest. So in it's English, easy. because I've always had have to fulfill every coat hanger. Well, that and also it's just for that one sequence. But then again, I suppose you could just say yeah, but they're in the wardrobe room. Go and get them, and then we a never see it. Million times in New Who, where they says that it's um a wardrobe room or a closet or something, and you know they're basically gone and sort of picked out clothes but you never actually see them go and do it you just see them come back with a change of clothes that's it so they could have so done they that they could have done that you know they it was just a bit daft really and to be honest that size of a chest there is no way you would fit four spacesuits in there well, especially not with the, the bubble helmets that they wear as well yeah i know the four spacesuits four helmets in that size chest that chest probably would have fit under our bed. There's no way that would have fit that amount in. That's it. So they get changed into the spacesuits. They go out exploring. They do a bit of messing around where they sort of jump around. And then the Doctor finds this sort of dome structure, which becomes the sort of main focal point of the story, which is the moon base. There is this little like capsule sort of thing as well to the side. And there is like an unconscious Jamie on the floor. The doors open and these people in spacesuits come out and take Jamie inside. Now, I can't remember seeing Jamie anything happen to him. He yeah. just sort of appears on the floor. So I don't really know well, what happens there. My theory is either one, he was basically in shock after being from the you know the 1700s. And then, you know, that all of a sudden he's on a moon in space. So he could have basically had a bit of sort of shock and thought, holy crap. And maybe passed out and, you know, got just fainted or something and got a bang on the head and, you know, hey presto. Or, it's funny how they said just beforehand that, you know, not to jump around and everything because they could get a tear in the spacesuit. Mm, There's a possibility. But, here's my theory, is that if he had a tear in the spacesuit, they said he'd suffocate. So if he was losing oxygen, that could cause him to pass out and hit his head. But when they go back to the TARDIS from the moon base in the final episode, no one has ever says anything. So maybe if there was, they got it repaired there before they left. There's a possibility. I so, think I think it's a, it's a small plot hole, which I can't remember from seeing, like I said, the first episode was animated. I can't remember seeing anything happen to Jamie. He just appears unconscious on the floor. I think it's just... 
it's not really said why. They do say he's got a little bit of a head. He's got like head trauma, I think they say later well, on. Yeah, and they he's, said he was he had unconscious. A head and a concussion from a bang on the head. So. Yeah, a bit strange, really. Are they yeah, trying to say that when he fell on the floor, did he bang his head in a spacesuit? Is that what. I, they don't really explain how he actually collapsed onto the floor. But that's my other problem is that if you collapse on the floor and bang your head and you're wearing a space helmet, how do you end up with a cut on your head? Wow, yeah. Bit strange. It's a strange thing. Because surely that would dent the helmet and then go through to the actual skin. But, like you said, no fractured space helmet. So... You know, that's another inconsistency. Mm. So it's just... Well, it's not... We're not, really not, not only on that, if you were, were going to bang your head, you know, in the, inside your space helmet, you know, you'd get a bump. You wouldn't get a cut on your head. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to dwell on it too much. At it's the end of the day, odd. he ends up on the floor unconscious. They drag him in. The Doctor, Polly and Ben then follow them in and we're inside this moon base where there are these sort of uh, scientists slash worker type people like there's one like a console he ends up collapsing on the controls and then there's this sort of like pulsating as far as we like we say because it's black and white you sort of see it pulsing through the veins as well which we then later find out that it's actually some sort of like infection slash virus sort of um like a neuro um transient virus or something yeah. that affects the nerves yeah and we find out about we find out about that in a little while. And so that's why it goes through and down the hands because it affects the nerves yep, in your body. Yeah. So the doctor and his crew that were sort of presented to the uh, the main scientist guy who's a Hobson, and they uh, Polly goes to sort of check on Jamie who's put to the into the sick bay. The doctor and Ben are then shown around and sort of they're explained that this is like a weather base that controls uh, the weather on Earth with this sort of probe type thing that they can manipulate. It's like a Gravitron, um, is well, it like a Gravitron it probe or something they call it? I can't yeah, remember. It's, it's, a, it's definitely Gravitron. they were trying to like um, control a hurricane that was trying to go towards um, America or something. Yeah, and they, and they can they were sort trying of... trying to keep it over the ocean. Yeah, they can manipulate the weather from the moon base using this sort of probe well, gravitron not, I device say it's so much of manipulating the weather it's more of basically keeping the bad weather away mm, yep. from from basically things happening that could cause a lot of devastation yeah we then find out like but you said at the beginning that this is now 2070 and the doctor then introduced himself as a doctor and they say great we need you we need a doctor our doctor's been made sick by this sort of virus thing and they're all sort of in the uh, sick bay as they're discussing and talking about this, another one of the workers then collapses with this uh, this virus thing. And then um, they're sort of speaking to Earth about, like he says, this hurricane type of thing. And then um, they sort of figure out that there is somebody listening because there's sort of an echo of their conversation to Earth. And then we get this scene where it's like this metal sort of flipper hand type well, thing. I wouldn't say it's a flipper, I'd say it's more of a lobster. Well, it's like a claw type thing. It's a metal silver claw, which is manipulating these controls yeah, as they're listening the in. the way I can describe it is like Evan Peters in American Horror Story Freak Show, because he has like the his fingers pretty much joined together, like the whole Spock thing. 
mm. and then with, and with a thumb. So that's the only way to describe it. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, we'll get on to who and what it is in a minute. And they we'll called him Lobster Boy. But um, yeah, it's kind of like a little like yeah lobster claw type thing. The moon base is then placed into quarantine because of this I uh, a infection. Claw was more like a crab claw. Well, you know? well, yeah, cla- crabs, lobster, same type of thing. Well, really. not really. Lobsters and <laughs> you can't really say that lobsters and crabs are the same thing. All right, they're both crustaceans. They're both shellfish, mm. but two different tastes. Although one I've never actually tried. Um, but yeah, completely different. Mm, yeah. Like I said, the, the moon base... Crabs taste good. The moon, base, tried lobster. the moon base is placed into quarantine because of the virus. And then the doctor is shown to the stick bay where the doctor and Polly and Ben are checking on Jamie to make sure he's all right. Polly then checks on the doctor of the base because in the sick bay, like I say, all the sort of work scientists that have been affected are all like on tables and that. The doctor is then a little bit suspicious about this virus. He says it doesn't really sort of add up. And Ben then is set to keep an eye on the scientists and go to help them in the control room. I don't quite understand. It's not like a real disease at all. It's almost as if... Well, not real. What more do you want? I don't know. But there are certain signs and symptoms which don't add up. Ben, I want you to go along to the control room and keep an eye on things. Well, Al... No, no, give a hand. Do anything, but keep your eyes and ears open. Right. Something's very wrong here. Something very wrong indeed. In the store's room, another... I'm going to call him a worker, because he's not... I don't really know. They say they're scientists. I don't know if they all are, but... Yeah, I think they all are, because um, they ask him to sort of replace this person and that person and things like that. But I think they were just checking the store supplies. Mm, yeah, but then the stores, Ralph, who's one of the base scientists, he discovers this sort of open bag of whatever. Is it sugar? We we learn later on it, that sugar is affected by this virus. Is it sugar? They don't really explain what the bag is. But yeah, it's open and then there's this like shadow figure in the background. Ben then arrives and then Ralph is sort of taken out by a Cyberman um, while Ben's back is turned or he's out of the room or something, isn't he? I think he's not yeah. there anyway. He's sort of in there. He sort of talks to Ralph yeah, and he, he sort he of leaves type thing. No, Ben doesn't leave. Ralph does. Yeah, but I thought that Ralph got... Ralph gets, like, knocked out or oh, taken yeah, out, yeah, doesn't yeah, he, by the Cyberman. Yeah. And uh, it's a new sort of weapon as well. And Ben was like, yeah, okay, fine then. They've got a new sort of weapon, a sort of that claw thing now. It's like electric, electricity beam comes out of it. Yeah, instead of the belly thing. It looks something similar to Teletubbies. Hmm. The Doctor then finds a silver piece of paper, which doesn't really come of anything. It doesn't really mean anything. And then the Doctor of the base gives a, a scream he sort of rambles about this like silver hand and then ends up dying ben reports that ralph's disappearance and then in comes the doctor to say about the doctor who has like say died hobson then goes with the doctor to sick bay to check on all of what's happening only for them polly to be tending to jamie and then there's a shadow of a cyberman polly then screams as the figure leaves the sick bay the doctor and hobson enter Hobson checks the Doctor who has been is disappeared because the Cyberman came in. He got the uh, the Doctor, you know, around the wet, the sort of around the stomach and carried him out of the room. The Doctor then leaves Polly on her own as Jamie wants some water. Polly goes out. 
Jamie then sits up as the Cyberman comes into the room, and that's the end of the first episode. So I think the reveal of the Cyberman's quite good, I think, in this one. I think it's a little bit iconic. Like I say, it's a shame. We always say about missing episodes. I think it's a shame that episode one of this is missing because, like I say, it's got some iconic sort of visuals and I would like to have seen them sort of live instead of in animated form, but they're still done to effect in animated form, I think. Episode two, the Cyberman approaches Jamie and then goes to the other sick workers and carries off one, I think, as well. Polly then comes in and screams again. She's sort of a bit screamy in this one, I find. Mm. And then the Doctor comes in to see what the what the problem is. Polly then reveals that it's actually a Cyberman. And then Polly is questioned on what she saw by Hobson, I think it is. They get a bit of backstory of the last two weeks of this disease started. So the Doctor, Ben and Polly uh, are basically, they're accused of bringing this disease to them. And they've asked to leave. The doctor says he can't leave because it's like evil in the place and on the planet. Now let's have a little calm thinking. For the past two weeks, a completely unknown disease has appeared in the base. People drop in their tracks, they develop this black pattern on their skin. Then some of the patients disappear, right? Well, they can't leave the base without wearing spacesuits. There are no spacesuits missing, so where are they? I must say, it does sound a little odd. More than a little. I do know one thing, a new disease starts, people disappear, and then you turn up. And you think we did it? Oh, come off it, we haven't done a thing. That's as maybe. I don't know who you are, what you are, or where you came from. But you can get off the moon now. Yeah, well, that suits me fine. The sooner the better. No, Ben, we can't go yet. Well, why not? They don't want us here. Because there is something evil here. And the doctor will find a cure for the virus. It's sort of his bargaining chip to sort of stay on the moon base. Hobson then gives him 24 hours, which the Doctor accepts. So again, this seems this seems to be a current, uh, a, a right, common so I thing. Can, the Doctor can figure out like a cure for the figure out what caused this sort of pandemic issue. Get a cure in less than 24 hours. Yeah, government takes a blooming year. Well, a <laughs> little bit different. We're talking about two different things. We're talking about fiction and reality. The Doctor actually, if you look, watch it, if you actually watched it, Becky, you'd know that the Doctor didn't actually come up with a cure. I don't think you ever see him come up with a cure. Well, and he never says he has a cure. So, well, yeah, they just don't eat the sugar. He's buying time, basically, to stay on the base. That's what it is. But he knows yeah, there's a Cyberman it's... threat now. He's got to stay on the base. He's buying time by saying, oh, I can cure that. Yeah, well, you know my theories about our government. It sucks. Well, each to their own. All opinions are their own. So the Doctor has then shown this little lab where he sort of starts testing for the virus and starts going over to the workers and getting samples and that sort of thing. Yeah, but here's the other bit. They actually quarantined the moon base and no one went down to Earth. Mm, well, yeah. We find out then from the control room that the weather control system has like defects and they try to correct these. Sort of, isn't it out of alignment? I think the probe's out of alignment and they sort of try to yeah, correct it. Something like that, yeah. In comes a doctor trying to get samples off the workers and the uh, workers slash scientists. This is quite, this is a bit, a bit of a <laughs> comedic bit where he's sort of like trying to sort of scrape a bit off one of the guy's legs and the boot and all that. And it's like little sort of trying to do it sneakily. Under the table. 
Yeah. So <laughs> again, there's a little bit of co- comedy. Um, quick side note on this one: we've seen a few. Is it now three? Yeah, three stories with Patrick Trent as a doctor. He's very been. He's been a bit sort of OTT com- com- comical in the last few episodes. His doctor seems to be a little bit more of a clown type thing. Um, not an actual clown because I'm scared of clowns. Well, no, but he sort of acts like a bit clownish. We watched, or I watched a documentary on the moon base after this one, and they actually said in that that yeah, the I, director. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was painting. Yeah, I watched it, and they said that the director actually pulled Patrick Trent aside while they were filming this one and said, "Can you just tone it down a little bit?" And so we get a more serious, darker side of Patrick Trent's Doctor, which is actually quite refreshing. I think it just shows that there's multi layers to the Doctor's sort of psyche and I'd personality. I'd be a bit insulted if someone told me to tone it down. Well, yeah, but I liked it. it. It got, like, the Doctor was held back, and he isn't as comedic in this one, and he isn't so, he doesn't act so clowny in this one. It's, I think well, it's, yeah, I it's get, a very get, serious story as well. Yeah, I get that's a serious situation, inference. But, you know, I always use my humour as my first line of defence, and you know that. So, so yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty annoyed and peed off if someone turned around and said, oh, yeah, stop being funny. Because that's kind of an insult. Yeah, I suppose, but I quite like I'm it. I'm always funny. I quite like this sort of side of the Doctor. Yeah, I think but I'm it's always good. funny and you know it. Yeah. Polly is then left alone again, as you think they'd learn, uh, while Ben goes and gets some samples. What uh, are you on about? She likes it. Well, it seems to be. <laughs> Polly then tends to Jamie as the Cyberman comes back in and uses that sort of electric... Or maybe what they're really doing is using Polly as a foghorn because she seems to scream like one. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't get a chance to scream this time because the Cyberman comes in with this electric sort of static ray thingy. Zapper. Zaps her and Jamie and then takes another worker off. So the Doctor then... Yeah, I was a bit confused about that at first. But then obviously when we actually found out that they were causing the virus and, you know, they couldn't take him because they didn't have the thing in them. Mm, yep. you know that kind of made more sense but it does make sense and it's sort of a precursor to what the Cybermen effectively do like in later serials which is sort of convert people yeah well it's sort of a way of converting it's people sort of the start it's sort of the start sort of seed yeah, that's been planted the there or you know are being controlled are they technically dead but being taken over by well the doctor the died control? the doctor died so I don't know they don't really say, but anyway, the doctor then comes in yeah, to find but the doctor wasn't being controlled. Well, no. So behind yeah. the control f- sort of aspects, once they stop controlling them, are they alive or are they dead? Well, that doesn't really get answered, so we don't uh, really know, do we? Well, that's my point. Because if it did get answered, I wouldn't have answered the question because mm. I don't know the answer. <laughs> okay. Okay, Becky. The, doc- the doctor comes in to find Polly, who is unconscious on the floor. Then we go to into the storeroom where we find how the Cybermen are getting in. They're coming through this little hole that's cut in the wall, where they sort of one of them comes through, and then as Becky said when we were watching Mouse it, hole. <laughs> yeah, uh, Becky said uh, as we were watching it, he come through and he tidies up afterwards by putting the sort of food <laughs> bags back in front of the hole, which is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, because I made I, it was it was quite funny, really, because I made the joke. I was like, "Well, he even a Cyberman can clean up after themselves." Yeah, but you know, because the funny thing is that made me laugh was that 
he kind of barged his way through the all these sacks and just walked towards them and knocked everything over like a bull in a china shop. And then he carefully stacks them back up. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, right, well, you could have basically unstacked them and then walked through and stacked them back up instead of just bashing past them and then stacking them back up ever so nicely. It is a funny sort of thing, but are we trying to say that, again, we know that the Cybermen are part human? Is this like the human element? Now? Oh, yeah, Russ. Yeah, but they don't have feelings, so do they have OCD? Well, you don't know, do you? But anyway, the but then that's funny how basically a Cyberman can tidy up, but our ten-year-old can't. Mm, yeah, the scientists then find that this antenna outside has some missing parts. Hobson then links again all these problems back to the Doctor again. Then he sends two men outside to fix the antenna. Polly is okay. I know that is a big antenna, and the Doctor sort of can't find traces of the virus Question, anywhere. Though. Why is it an antenna and not a satellite dish? Well, I don't know. Because if it was something going from, if it was say going from Earth, they'd have a satellite dish. But is well, yeah. But is it because back in the sixties they didn't uh, know about satellites as much, or satellite dishes stuff like that? They're more more like radio uh, antennas. Is that what they're trying to say here? I'm not quite sure. So, but, but anyway. Hob- curious. Hobson comes into the sick bay uh, as the doctor sort of looking busy. The doctor then falls Hobson out of the room. The two men are out fixing the antenna and then a Cyberman attacks these two men. The doctor then confesses that actually he's found nothing to Hobson. And Polly then brings some coffee and Hobson sends another scientist slash worker outside to check on the other two. Another worker then collapses around Hobson and the Doctor, and the virus goes straight into his veins. He's and then they realise it's the sugar. Yeah, he's moved quickly into sick you. bay, and then the Doctor, That's like he says... part of my poisoning. Yeah, and then, <laughs> like Betty says, the Doctor then realises it's actually the sugar that is causing this. Although, mean or whatever it is, is not in sugar, it's actually in sweetener. So mm. you can actually get poisoning from that. Okay, thanks for that. That's the science for the day. And when we find out it's a neurotopic virus that the Cybermen seem to be affecting the base with, the Doctor then figures out that the Cyberman is hiding in the sick bay, which is a nice little reveal. He's sort of yeah, laying down and then he sort of bursts out yeah, and that's the end. it's quite funny because he's laying down with he's a got his big massive boots sticking out at the end. And I'm like, how come they've only just realised... That the dude is there with his boots on. Well, they're they're obviously not paying attention. You know, and I was like crying out loud, don't you even know he's in your sick bay? So I'm not really sure how long the Cyberman's supposed to have been there. Has he been there since Jamie's been in sick bay? Or has he been there since they sort of went out of the room while Polly's making coffee and they're in the hallway as he sort of got into the bed, pulled the cover over him, waiting for them? I don't they don't really explain how long I he's know, been in there. So funny. It's just, it, I think it, it just, just serves, <laughs> it serves a cliffhanger, I think, that one A cliffhanger? Does. No, it serves a giggle. Well, anyway, the Cyberman then approaches the middle of the room, only for then a scientist to try and jump the Cyberman, and another Cyberman from behind oh, shoots and they kills don't him. Learn. I know, they don't. How, how are you going to jump a big metal person? Yeah, how it's are you going to jump someone who's got a big metal helmet and a thing that shoots, and the hand that goes ba you know, and goes pew, mm, pew. Yeah. 
The Cyberman then recognises the Doctor. This is the second time this has happened in this series. The Cyberman says, you are known to us, to the Doctor. And we had that also from the Daleks, from Power of the Daleks. I think they said, you look familiar as well. So there's hints that they've actually fought the old Doctor and they're now sort of hinting it with the new Doctor, which I think yeah, it's a nice thought, little touch, but yeah, how do they know? Planet, I just It always makes me wonder. I thought the 10th planet was Hartnell. It is Hartnell, yes. So how do they know that this, this person because is the Polly Doctor? And ben? Maybe it's because they refer to him as the Doctor. Maybe, yeah, they recognise uh, Ben and Polly, and that's where they put the two and two together. Or maybe but it's because they're all calling him the Doctor. In newer who... They go on about the Doctor all the time, mm. yet he has a new face, new companions, you know, so I don't know if maybe they can see sort of through that. I don't know. And then it could be, like what I said in the Power of the Daleks uh, Regenerate episode, it could be that there are periods of, because he's in a time machine, he can go forward in time, he can go back. He may encounter he can go the sideways. Cyber- yeah, he may encounter the Cybermen previously to this this is um just under a hundred years since the first time he well, saw like the cybermen so says, time isn't straight it's wibbly wobbly yeah but like i say he might encounter the the uh, the cybermen sort of before this and say 2050 and yeah, that's how they recognize but they him also say that apparently the doctor is supposed to get married well that's in the future, a long yeah, way, 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 way away. But, but then that's like we, you we'll know, get to that when like we get to that. River Song sort of story, you know. She's sort of like he's gone forwards and she's sort of gone backwards. Yeah. So yeah, when we get to that, we'll see why, how, and why the Daleks and Cybermen could be recognised the Doctor. But until we get to them, we'll sort of leave that there. The Cybermen then say that these sort of scientists that they've been collecting are now altered and uh, now controlled. The Cybermen look at Jamie, who is, they are told, he has um, a sort of bang on the head and he's, they say he's not really required and the others will be converted. So because he's got like sort of bit Concussion. of, yeah, a bit of, shall we say, light brain damage, they don't really well, want no, him. Well, it is kind of. Well, it's kind of. Well, right. So you're saying that because I've had multiple concussions, they're basically on brain damaged. You said it. We'll move on. I'll give you. You said it. The infected men then have this. You're asking for a slab. (laughs) The infected men are then they have this sort of device put on their heads and it's sort of tested the control. They sort of talk through the device and they are then effectively controlled. The Doctor and Hobson then come into the control room with the Cybermen. They're going to use this Gravitron device to destroy the Earth by changing the weather. But you were all killed. We are to take over the Gravitron and use it to destroy the surface of the Earth by changing the weather. But that will kill everybody on the Earth. Yes. You're supposed to be so advanced. Yeah, you are taking your revenge like... Like children. Revenge? What is that? The feeling people have when... Feeling. Yes, we know of this weirdness of yours. We are fortunate. We do not possess feelings. And then Jamie says that he's getting better now and he's sort of trying to sort of get up to help now. So he's now coming back into the role of companion. And then Ben sort of becomes a scientist. 
he says about uh, the Gravitron ray and all the science involving it, which I thought was quite funny for a simple sailor. sailor. Yes, I thought it was quite funny how he, he'd suddenly become a scientist. All of a sudden. Again, for those who have been... That's like someone when they're a bit of a nerd and they hang around a science teacher mm. too much. Again... Or watch too much Big Bang Theory. Again, uh, for people who are following, this week on Ben Watch, I'll call it Ben Watch now. Actually, I wasn't annoyed with Ben this week. A couple of serials ago, I think it was Power of the Daleks. Oh, he God, was very it was irritating, so Very irritating, and then he sort of pulled it back now. So they've written a lot better now. Polly then comes up with this idea that she's going to use... Do we get a Polly watch as well? Because she was annoying this whole... Well, she she was okay in this one. Okay? She's a more screaming than I care to remember. Mm, yes, well. Anyway, now she comes up... She comes up with this idea to use a nail varnish remover mixed in with a, a load of other chemicals, put it in a spray bottle, oh, and then yeah, they're going to spray the chest panels to sort of melt the plastic. And that is effectively oh, yeah, what they do. Oh, yeah, any acetone on melt plastic. And if you get acetone on leather or wood, you are screwed. Yep. Back into the control room. In comes the controlled scientists who try and sort of take over the Gravitron power unit. Without uh, this helmet, when they go into the room, they normally wear these sort of like sort of bubble hat things. Without that, they basically will go insane in a couple of hours. The doctor bubble then, hat? It looks like someone's basically created a hat out of bubble wrap. It's a bit like a shower cap as well. It's a cross between... It looks like someone's... Honestly, it looks like someone's made a highlight and hairdressing cap out of bubble wrap. Mm, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the doctor funny. then fiddles with this sort of... I think it's the control unit that controls the workers. That's the way I saw it. It was this sort of thing he sort of fiddles about with it and he sort of finds out that basically it's like a sonic control that they're using he then thinks to himself this is the first time they've done this where he's thinking to himself you can hear the actual voice in the doctor's head talk to him and then he's sort of talking back to it like out loud that was quite a interesting little thing that they did here with the doctor oh but he's sort of sort of asking why the sort of the side yeah, men don't the, go into the Gravitron power the unit themselves. That's the best conversation I get talking to myself. Well, yeah. You know what they say about people who talk to themselves. Yeah, that's the indecent conversation I get sometimes. Mm, yeah. Anyway, back in the sick bay, Ben has this sort of plan. Other people have a tendency to drive them out the wall. Ben has the idea to use spray bottles. Jamie then argues with Ben. This is the and first time. Down. I don't have much else people to talk to. Mm, well, no. Um, Jamie, like you say, he argues with Ben. This is the first time they've sort of had a bit of an argument, him and Ben. He says he's okay to sort of join the group now. Ben and Jamie then go together um, to go and take out Cybermen. But Polly sort of, they say, you stay here only for her. I think there's a bit of, um, there's a bit of sexism here from Ben because he says, no, you stay here, Polly. This is men's work. So there's a little bit of sexism there. Oh. Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, you got to think about the era as well. It's not, it's not right, but you know, it was that era, wasn't it? But she is, she is sort of portrayed and perceived as a sort of very um, strong character in the end of this. She came up with the idea to how to actually defeat the Cybermen here. So in the end, she sort of refuses this anyway, and she goes with them. She sort of says, "No, I'm coming too." 
The Doctor then jams this beam to the control, controlled scientist, only for then Jamie and Ben to burst into the room, spraying then bottles at the chest and destroying these Cybermen. And then the control devices are removed from the scientists. Other Cybermen, they don't hear from these Cybermen in their little spaceship. They don't hear from the Cybermen in the control room. So they order an invasion using weapons. Then one of the scientists, who's the Frenchman called Benoit, he <laughs> goes outside searching for the others, only to find these uh, empty suits. The Cybermen try to shoot him. It doesn't work outside because of the atmosphere. He sort of runs yeah, away. Since when does the Frenchman always have to wear a scarf? Well, that's that, and he's a bit of he's very stereotypical Frenchman. Yeah, well, he couldn't be more stereotypical unless he was sitting there eating cheese and garlic bread. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway. Although he's saying that garlic, well, it's more of garlic and bread rather than garlic bread because garlic bread's Italian. Mm. But still. Yeah. Um, Okay. Just in case you get shot for that one. So, yeah, he runs away from the Cyberman who's sort of slowly pursuing him. Ben then quickly gets in the spacesuit, goes outside. He throws this bottle at the Cybermen, destroying the Cybermen. They then look outside at a spaceship and the doors open and loads of Cybermen and comes out. And that's the end of episode three to episode four. The Cybermen attack this uh, aerial antenna thing to cut off the communication to Earth. The Cybermen discover a spaceship is heading to Earth as a sort of relief um, ship because they haven't heard anything. The Cybermen then want to destroy this incoming ship and they use a sonic device to control Evans, who's another scientist, to knock out... Evans uh, was actually the Doctor. Was he? Yeah. Oh, right. Thanks for that. Okay, then, the Doctor. To knock out another person who's sort of watching them in so sick bay. I listen. Okay, then. Fair enough. Well, I don't... I don't really get the the finer details of things yeah we know anyway he knocks out this uh other like valentine's day when you're supposed to give someone a gift on valentine's day not three weeks before okay he gives him he knocks out this other person who's in sick bay they give him orders and then he goes into the gravitron knocks out the worker who's in there he puts the hat on and then he changes the coordinates coordinates of the Gravitron probe. The incoming ship then changes direction all of a sudden, goes into the sun. The Doctor then figures out that it's actually the Gravitron. The only thing I can think of when they were basically going into the sun is that Simpsons episode. Mm. When they basically fly towards the sun and their heads explode. Well, that might have been what happened to them. <laughs> you never know. So then he figures out it's the Gravitron and there's yeah, somebody in the room. Yeah, slow then because it's like it would take them a week. Mm. Yeah. The Cybermen then... So do their heads just go like a little bit, like an inch bigger every day? And then to the point where they go... I've never flown into the sun. Do they they go bang or do they go squish? I don't know. Like I said, I've never flown into the sun. So, anyway. Or seen someone's head explode, but still. The Cybermen then control the others who are in sick bay. I think it's more more the important answer that you haven't seen someone's head explode. Exactly. Ben and Jamie then keep a watch outside of the doors, only for then the doors to sort of open as these controlled scientists are coming out. Ben and Jamie use this metal sort of screen. Don't really know what this was. It looked like a metal stretcher. Stretcher? Yeah, kind of strange sort of thing. They sort of use it sort of into the stomach of the worker and then they close the doors. And then they barricade. They barricade and block the doors from chairs. The Cybermen then 
punch a hole into the dome, sucking the oxygen out. The Doctor has to use these sort of masks with Polly to breathe as Hobbs and Benoit plug the hole with this sort of... Coat? Well, they, that's the it first looked, thing they did. Well, and then the they thing. did it with like a platter thing, a sort of round no, glass platter no, at the end. I think... I don't really know. Mm. Because I thought they plugged it with a coat. They did, and then that didn't work, so they had to plug it with something else. Yeah, but then it basically looked like it had sucked on like a laser. Mm. Yeah. Or the, like it had been glued on. They noticed that the uh, there's a sort of quiet in the grout. Because but the, that would only basically work if it had actually been glued on. It wouldn't actually work mm. if because, obviously, the dome, the air would be escaping out. So then there's no way that something... Something would have to be pushed outwards. It couldn't be put on the outside, but it looked like it had been put on the outside. Well, I don't know. That doesn't make no sense. I don't know. You might have to go back and have a look. They sort of notice that the air is quiet and that the Gravitron has actually stopped. Another Cyberman ship then lands and then they have this sort of rocket weapon that they try to fire at the dome. It's sort of deflected because of the Gravitron uh, ray. The Doctor then has this idea to use the Gravitron probe towards the moon's surface, but they kind of can't get it to a point far enough down, only for then Hobson to say, well, there's actually this like safety catch thing, which they he unlocks and then they point it to the ground and the Cybermen start to sort of float off the surface. Ah, all your weight once more. No, oh, it's no use, it won't shift. Oh, stupid of me, of course it won't. Why? Well, the angular cutout, it's obvious, isn't it? See, there's got to be a safety cutout on the angle of the probe, otherwise it might affect the whole base. There, that's done it. No, 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 stand back. Benoit can do it now. Fine! Switch on! The Doctor and the crew then quietly leave and go back to the TARDIS. this is my normal problem. How come the Cybermen flying saucers, you know, actually, you know, floated up off the, um surface of the moon but the TARDIS did not well, and wood would be so much lighter than metal well you're not supposed to think that maybe it's not in the area that the spaceships were well, I don't know anyway they go into the TARDIS they leave they look at the what surely the Gravitron actually covers you know the whole of the you know the moon surface because mm. they they were affected by the gravitron, and which is why the TARDIS had a bumpy landing. Maybe, maybe. So but the end of the episode and the serial was that they decided to look at the time scanner, which is the first time I've ever know, heard of this. Basically, it can look into the future, and the future is a massive claw. And then that's the end of the episode. And then and that actually looks like a crab claw. Well, we're getting into that. We have the Macra Terror. That will be the next one where Ooh, there is a. The Macra Terror. Does that mean giant crab? Well, yeah, basically. But like I say, that's next week. Oh, is he going to sing shiny? Well, maybe. (laughs) So, Mark Campbell's episode guide, The Verdict, an unimaginative, but at times scary remake of The Tenth Planet. Sometimes scary. Mm. He's an idiot. Uh, uh, Remake of The Tenth Planet with many plot holes. Six out of ten. 
It's a bit harsh. harsh. That is very it's harsh. It's Anderson. I thought it was better than the 10th Planet. Well, yeah, I can see and what you're saying. It is kind of a remake of the 10th Planet. But to be fair, I do think it's a better remake of the 10th Planet, well, if you're going to say. it's a remake of the 10th Planet. At the end of the day, they got pissy with the human race because they kind of destroyed their planet. Yeah. So... It took them 90 years, but... Yeah, finally get, trying to get revenge. Yeah, sometimes it takes a bit of preparation. Also, but they, they don't say at the end of this that the Cybermen are done either. They no, can, they, they don't. Sort of, but the thing is... They didn't wipe them out this time. You know, saying this unimaginative is a bit mean, and, you know... I think it was quite good. I quite like it. I'm, I actually liked it. I'm I'm happy to put it at 7.5 out of 10, so... But then I'm still wondering how they end up going from claws back to hands again. Well, let's say the evolution of the Cybermen. Let so alone why they've got the little frame sort of exoskeleton mm. on the outside, which looks like them golf ball rod sort of things that you can build dens out of from well, Amazon. We'll get onto the, the change, the look <laughs> change of the Cybermen in a minute, but we'll quickly go through the topics I mentioned at the beginning. So do you think the animation is better in this DVD than it was uh, on honest, previous DVDs? Yeah, no. Um, I do somewhat prefer this. Um, you know, yeah, it does look better because it looks more newer and updated. But I think the old animation had more detail. Yeah, I quite like the animation. I think if it's a better animation, it's I can invest more in it. It's just the previous ones we've seen with William Hartnell in it. They've had um, more detail towards certain features than what they've had in um, this one yeah the next one the mac with terror is actually animated for the whole serial i think so it's the first full animation Uh, actually no i'm wrong power of the daleks was the first full animation so mac with terror is going to be a full animation as well so we get again to compare the animation there as well so i quite like to compare the animation even though it's not meant to be animated it's still quite a nice little feature that we can still see moving pictures to the audio i think the animation is slightly better and i found i slightly more invested in it uh the look of the sidemen has changed what do you think do you think it's for the better is it worse well, it doesn't look like it's wearing a condom on his head well no a full metal face now it's going towards yeah, the sort of metal mask now you know but uh, like i said to you i wonder if they got a discount for all them boots yeah, uh, you like I say, it's slightly different. They've got now that sort of, uh, which becomes... The diving suit. Yeah, the, it sort of becomes more of a cliche of the do- uh, the Cybermen, is that sort of light at the sort of middle of the head with the bars coming off at the sort of right-angled bars that come down to the head. That's kind of now going to become a feature by the looks of it, the Cybermen. They've kind of added that in. Yeah, I but didn't like, the thing is... The though... thing I didn't like was in the, the actual mask now. You can't see their eyes. You can see the eyes in the 10th planet. I thought that was a nice little feature. No, it sort of put like the human... I... Well, it put the human element behind the Cybermen. I you don't really get the human element yeah, in this I don't one. Really, you know, like the whole like condom looking head thing. Mm. Um, like sock on his head. But I do prefer you know, I think the only qualms I have about the Cybermen at the moment are the stupid clawy hands. Yeah, well they're gonna change. Because aren't eventually they, so. they change back to blooming five fingers anyway, and it's yeah. more like human hands. Also the mouth the mouth area is sort of like because a like a sort of snot. To be, like, you know, come from humans so then why the hell would their hands change well that is it 
and also like I say, the human element has been stripped out of them. Like oh, in yeah, they ain't got the tenth, yep, in the tenth planet, they had human hands human and the thing. eye. They don't have no human element in this one. Well, how could the how did they have human uh, um human eyes? Because they didn't. You couldn't even see their eyes. It was just like they'd been burned mm, out. Yeah, and also they have this sort of like, slit for the the mouth. So sort of got sliding like the door every time they they sort of. Uh, speak that sort of opens upwards and they speak and the, and also the mouth is uh, the um, the voice has changed as well slightly but I think they're going in the right direction they're definitely advanced and like um like I said on the documentary the tenth planet was November and this one was February so it's a four month period and they've already adapted and changed the Cybermen look already mm. so it's it's interesting that they did it that quickly anyway the theme of the stories is changing. So, like I say, the history ones are gone. We're now getting into more science, uh, sci-fi yeah. element now. Is it for the better? Um, well, yeah, because obviously, you know, the history ones I quite enjoy anyway. You know that. But um, I'm guessing, obviously, you know, with more kids watching it and everything in that day and age, that, you know, they are probably more interested in the sci-fi stuff and the Monster of the Week stories. Yeah. You know, I think they are changing. You can see they're changed from William Hartnell's uh, Doctor. Definitely, the the sort of style of the story is changing. It's becoming but do more. Do we get much, you know, history stuff in the future? Well, no, we won't get no more history until the eighties with Peter Davison's Doctor. So, um, well, I know you get like the whole uh, Christmas one with um, the Titanic and that, but that's yeah, more of sort that's of David Tennant's New than... Who, yes. It's more of um, and also Titanic in space. Oh, what, a, what a branch this sort of topic. The stories are changing into the science of Doctor Who. I think they're they're coming more complex and they're becoming like more scientific as well. Yeah. With some of the sort of dialogue that Patrick Troughton's sort of saying, there was always that element of science from the Doctor, but it's becoming more like scientific now. I find as well. Yeah. And like I say, Ben became a scientist. Polly became a scientist with her acetone, you know, nail varnish and that yeah, sort of thing with the plastic. To be honest, that's not rocket science. So you know, I think acetone I think the stories are getting better. Things. I do think the stories are getting better. I Why think do you think nowadays they make acetone-free nail varnish remover because it is a dangerous substance? Mm, yeah. So let's say I think we both agree. I actually quite like the moon base. What do you think? Mm. Did you like the moon yeah, base? Yeah, I did. Yep, very good story. I have never seen the Macra Terror. I've never seen it. I have seen the Moonbase, and I really like it, but I've never seen the Macra Terror, so it's going to be a completely and utterly a virgin watch from me. Oh, so, Christ. Yep, and then I think it's the Faceless Ones after that, which, again, is another new one. So, At Autons? No, I don't think it is. No. No. Mm. I don't think the Autons come into it until a John Pertwee. So, a little while. What? Where are the faceless ones? Well, I don't know. I've never seen it. Mm. So, like I say, all new. Also, another little bit of trivia from this series as well. This season is has no complete episodes in it. They all have at least one missing or two missing episodes. It's a bit of a shame. You can see which series yeah. season they heavily wiped. It's this one. So, anyway... I think we'll leave it there. So it's discriminatory against Patrick Troughton. Well, yeah, but like I say, tape was expensive, so they had to reuse it. Sadly, mm. 
Doctor Who was one of the culprits of this. Yeah. Anyway, let's say we'll leave it there. So all the social medias in the description. Please go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. Really, really help. And until next week. Merchandise is still ongoing. Yep. And until next week with the Macra Terror, I think we'll leave it there. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>